0: Good to be together again in a different sort of way. But, yeah, God's been good to us. We uh, really enjoyed a a time of uh, fellowship, holidays, time with our family. And, uh, you know, uh, a grandson gives you lots of love and and a cold as well. So how about that? (laughs) Well, that's what happened for us. Okay. I'm going to read from uh, 1 John. The book of 1 John, the very start of it, um, it says, that, was, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father, and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. <clears throat> I'm going to pray, Father, as we uh, read Your Word today together, as uh, as we reflect on. It, I just pray that you would bless us, that your Holy Spirit would move in our hearts and minds uh, in simplicity, that you would draw us back uh, to a relationship with you, uh, renew us, restore us in that relationship and, and give us your joy this morning. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, John begins his book, 1 John, by saying that which was from the beginning. He's talking about Jesus here. He's saying Jesus was in the beginning. Um, Jesus was there. He's really talking about the beginning of creation. Uh, Right from the very start, Jesus was there. Uh, He started uh, the same John when he wrote John's gospel, started by saying in the beginning was the word And the word was with God and the word was God. That is Jesus. And what he's really starting his book with this is Jesus is the eternal God. Jesus has always existed. Uh, Jesus was there from the beginning. Um, When Jesus walked on earth, the disciples, they touched him. They saw him. They heard him. He was there in real life, just as we would see any other human being. But that same human being that they saw, that's God eternally. He, Jesus himself, was God with us. That sounds like basic theology. It's actually called into question a lot, that Jesus was both 100% God and 100% man. But he was Emmanuel. Even as he sat down and he ate with the disciples, he was God himself. Now, um, in Philippians 2, this is a a, question, a, a passage. I, I want to explain this because it's, um, people can misunderstand this. People wonder if he laid aside his godhood uh, when he became a human being. Sorry about it, a bit of theology. We're going to do a bit of theology, then we're going to get to the fun bit at the end, hopefully. Uh, Philippians 2 verse 5 says, Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus who be, being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped but made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross. I read that again it says Jesus being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, or uh, probably a better translation, some of your translation would have, he emptied himself by taking the very nature of a servant. In other words, he didn't hang on to something about being God, but he emptied himself by taking on the nature of a servant. He didn't empty himself of being God, he emptied himself by becoming a servant and a slave and dying for humanity. Can you see the difference he he's God of all he's Lord of all he's king of all and he empties himself of of that to die as a servant not uh, yeah okay uh, but he in all of his life he was God himself okay um, as Colossians 1:19 says God was pleased to have God All of his fullness dwell in Jesus. All of God's fullness dwelt in Jesus. Okay, now John speaks of Jesus. He's the one that they saw and they heard and they touched. And yet he was from the beginning. Uh, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the same Jesus was the word of creation. He was there at creation. All things uh, Colossians tells us was created by him and through him. And for him. So, Jesus has always been. And John says this. This is the one we proclaim. We proclaim the one who is fully God and fully man. We talk, we're telling you about him. Jesus is the one we're on about. All the time. He's the one we bear witness to. He's the one who is still alive today. In fact, he is still God Today. And he's still ruling over all things today. And he's the one we proclaim. Christians are on about Jesus. I know I say this a lot, but hear that? We are Jesus freaks. We are Jesus people. Isn't that good? And how much is enough talking about Jesus? Never is enough. Always be talking about him. We are all about Jesus because he's all we've got. And he has done everything for us. And he is as uh, John said there, he is the word of life. As we proclaim him, as we believe in him, as we trust in him, he brings his eternal life to us. He's alive. He's still alive. And he, as he is proclaimed, this one who is still alive, brings life to his people. People, uh, like he brings life to them when they come to know him. But he also brings life to us as we hear about him again and again, even though we know him. You can't get sick of talking about Jesus. Okay, so we're all about Jesus, the one who is God and the one who is also man. Verse 3 says, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. So he's saying this, the reason we're proclaiming the one we've seen and heard, the reason we're proclaiming Jesus is so that you may join in the fellowship that we have. And we have fellowship with the Father and Son. Okay, so John's saying this, we have this intimate fellowship with God himself and and we proclaim Jesus to you so that you can have that fellowship too. With the Father and the Son. A wonderful and deep covenant relationship with God. That's the reason we proclaim to you about Jesus. So that you can have this deep fellowship with God. In other words, we proclaim Jesus, not because we're trying to prop up a church, or not because we're trying to get people a a, a direct popularity competition, so that everyone likes us. Uh, We are proclaiming Jesus... Not just to maintain a ministry, but because we talk about him so that you may have fellowship with the Father and the Son. And the only way you can have fellowship with the Father is through the Son. And that's through what Jesus has done to restore, to pull down the wall, to take down the curtain, to however you want to describe it, so that we can have a full relationship with God. Jesus has done that and the Holy Spirit brings that truth alive to us. So that we can have fellowship with the Father. And that is the thing we most want for ourselves and we most want for others. To have fellowship with the Father. I can tell you this, right? The greatest gift that any of you will ever have is to have fellowship with the Father. Can you hear that? Nothing better. Nothing better than that. That's what you are made for. That's, what, that's, that's and that's the reason we proclaim Jesus because as we proclaim Jesus we are restored to that fellowship with the Father and then he says and we have this fellowship with the Father and when you, have, when you and us we have this fellowship with the Father we are filled with joy he says in verse 4 we write this to make our joy complete how does a person get true joy in his life? by having fellowship with the Father and the Son. I'll read it again, because this, this is so important to understand. It's really, really important. We proclaim to you what we've seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. So all of our joy is saying, we, saying, we've got this fellowship with the Father and the Son, and, and when you when we proclaim it to you, you'll have this same fellowship with us and with the Father and the Son and we'll all have fellowship together and it will be wonderful. That's why we tell other people about Jesus. And as we do, God reveals himself and they join in this fellowship. It's it's, it's not a small point. Because we were made to have fellowship with God. We were made to walk in with God in the cool of the evening, as Adam and Eve did before sin came around, and before sin blocked off that relationship. And we can all have this true joy. It's 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 something that uh, all people look for, isn't it? Joy. Where does true joy come from? From knowing the Father and the Son. I. This world spends most of its time making schemes and plans and and ways for people to find uh, what they might call joy. Through some sort of pleasure, through some sort of power, through some sort of wealth or experiences or possessions or some sort of human relationships. They desire this true joy or complete life or complete joy, as John calls it, complete joy. It's like fulfilled joy. It's like joy that's filled up and is running over and it can't be any more joy. Everybody longs for this and they have lots of ways of trying to make it. But without fellowship with the Father and the Son, they will never have complete joy. That is the only way that people can have complete joy, through fellowship with the Father and Son. And even as a church, it's very very easy for us to get lost in proclaiming I guess the benefits of being a Christian, and there are tons of benefits of being a Christian. Don't worry; it's there. There are many benefits, but you see, the greatest, the, the centrality is a relationship with God. The benefits are the byproduct; they what they what follow on. But, you know, um, we can easily think what, why would someone become a Christian? Well, we want to tell them that you can become healthy, wealthy, and wise. Well, I got I got wise. And I got good looking. Um, I got a cold at the moment, so no health. But anyway, um, sorry, I'm just joking. Other, you know, and it's right to say that if we become a Christian, we're going to be relieved of our guilt and shame, and we're going to receive fulfilment and satisfaction. And, and some people even want to say, well, become a Christian, you'll you'll achieve all your dreams. But the reason that you would want to come become a Christian is because you have fellowship with God. That's why. That's why it is. That's why it's right to be a Christian, so that we can walk with Him in the cool of the evening. So picture this: you're talking to uh, Joe, the non-believer, and he says, "Why would I want to become a Christian? What am I going to get out of it?" Well, you're actually going to get lots out of it. But what the answer is: if you become a Christian, you will have fellowship with the Living God, who's been there since the beginning. Through Jesus Christ. Now that's actually awesome, isn't it? Fellowship with God. That's what we are made for. It's the greatest benefit. It's the greatest blessing. It is actually the meaning of life. That's what we were made for. It's the purpose of our living is to have a relationship with God. We were created to know God, to live in fellowship with Him. The byproduct of that is joy. As we live in that fellowship, we have joy because... Everything about us is right when we're in a relationship with God. Everything is good. It's, we don't actually, we don't become a Christian to get joy. But we become a Christian and we get joy. It's a bit like, I mean, nowadays people are, are very selfish in their relationship. People talk about narcissism and all sorts of stuff like that. It's where you basically you are in a relationship because of what you can get out of the other person. So the reason I'm married to Jodie is because she gives me joy. Except for actually, I'm married to Jodie to be in a relationship with her, to have this intimacy, this joy as we're together. And out of that, uh, sorry, yeah, it's it's about the relationship, and from that flows the joy. I hope that makes sense. Um, It's not about what we can get out of other people, but however, when we live in a true relationship, there's joy. And when you live in a relationship with someone and there's lies and guilt and shame you can smile but there's no joy because joy comes from being in a perfect relationship and what Jesus has done by by taking away our sins has restored us to the perfect relationship with God so that we can live as we were meant to live we can live in pure fellowship and so therefore have what he says complete joy that is quite simply the main game of Christianity. That's what we were saved into, and that's what we were saved for. Now, this is a really simple message that I'm not going to go on and on about. It. I just want you to hear this, this simple point. We were made for a relationship with God. We were made for a complete, eternal relationship with Him, the eternal God. And when we have that, our joy will be complete. The Holy Spirit will be in us, leading us on and on in that relationship with the Father, and we will have rest for our souls. We'll have peace. Because we know the living God who saved us. And we know his son Jesus. And we'll have complete joy. I'll finish by uh, just reading a little bit from 1 Peter 1 verse 8 and 9. He says, Though you have not seen him, that's Jesus, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with With an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith. The salvation of your souls. I'm going to pray. Father, many times in our lives we've looked other places but you to find our joy. And uh, many times we've even looked in our relationship with you just to see what we can get out of you but father we know we know the joy of knowing you we know the joy of sitting praying reading your word of being close to you we know that we know that complete joy and i pray that you would restore in us a desire and a love for the simplicity of a relationship with you i pray that we wouldn't let other things crowd out our relationship with you and I pray that we wouldn't let things distract us from our relationship with you I pray that as we uh, sit with you and as we spend time with you that you would expose the way that the devil comes in and tries to distract our minds and our hearts from just enjoying fellowship with you and father I pray that our greatest desire in life would simply be to love you to spend time with you and to know you with all of our heart, mind, soul and strength. To love you, to enjoy you forever. And Father, we thank you for the joy that you give us as we live with you. Father, just highlight in us again the things that have got in the way of loving you. And Father, by your spirit, expose them. And help us to put them aside, to turn from them, and just to enjoy you and the glory of this to know you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to hand back over to Jody.